Welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. Happy post-Thanksgiving. Hope all of your holidays were spent watching television like ours was. We are very excited to talk about two shows this week. Since we didn't have an episode last week, we felt like we had it in us to watch two seasons of tv and we did (laughs) um both of which were second seasons of shows which we thought was would be fun to compare and talk about kind of hand in hand anyway um we watched the morning show on apple tv plus and also we watched season two of the great on hulu and It'll be fun. They they actually have a really interesting tie-in together, so um, I'm excited to talk about those. But first, we've got some pretty good TV news since it's been a while. Uh, Jordan, start us off. Well, Netflix um, dropped the full trailer for Don't Look Up, the Adam McKay movie starring every A-lister that I've ever heard of. I had never watched it. That just reminded me. How is it? It was good. I mean, it was kind of a... I feel like it's been a million years since I saw it, so I need to rewatch it. But I think it looks... It definitely looks good. I'm always a little overwhelmed when there's so... Like, the cast is so huge of yeah. so many good people. Um, I think it'll... I think it looks really entertaining. And I just... It's really surprising. Like, this has got to be the biggest Netflix cast ever. Like, in terms of fame, for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a big deal. And it's dropping in theaters December 10th and on Netflix December 24th, which is interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. I wonder if I'll see it in theaters. I, I know. FOMO. I just, I I can't wait to see if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll report back. <laughs> Another exciting trailer that dropped is season two of Euphoria. And I know I said that the Pen15 trailer is one of the best trailers I've ever seen, but I'm going to add Euphoria to the list because the Euphoria season two trailer was so good. I loved it and it made me so excited. I haven't watched that one yet. You got to watch it. I know. I really need to. And I don't know if we already knew this or not, but as a reminder, it drops on January 9th. And by it drops, I think it's a week by week thing. So it starts mm. on January 9th. Yeah, because that's like a, like OG HBO, not HBO Max original, I guess. Sure. It's hard to know. <laughs> Still learning and not learning that. So um, another trailer... Wow, so many trailers dropped. Um, did you see that Hulu dropped the trailer for Pam and Tommy? No, what is that? That is oh, the- yes, I did with Seth Rogen. Yes, yeah, it was actually interesting because it's like, um, Seth Rogen. I well, I'm not really familiar with that actual story at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that he was basically going to be as important as Pam and Tommy. Yeah, it's, like, more so about his character than it even is about Pam and Tommy is kind of how I took it. Yeah, that's what I took it, too. Which is, like, yeah, I'm just interested in how this is going to play out because it's, like, it's super icky because it's, like, it's about the guy that 
like helped release the sex tape without mm-hmm. even telling them or something. I don't know. I don't know that whole story. It happened when I was like so little. It was not exactly on my radar as a child. <laughs> but I was definitely, I just feel like it was, I, I, I didn't have expectations really, but it was different than anything I pictured at all. So mm-hmm. definitely intrigued though. Yeah, me too. I thought it was a good trailer, and Seth Rogen and Nick Offerman both look so scary and bad. Yes. Which I'm happy about, because then maybe people will back away from Seth Rogen, because he's gotten too mainstream hot for my liking. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's true that Lily James and Sebastian Stan look so wide, like, they look so like Pam and uh, Tommy that it's, like, scary. Yes. Never, ever would have guessed, especially Lily. Like, it's like they changed her whole face without changing her face, which is refreshing because I feel like lately there's so many times, like, I have not seen um, The Eyes of Tammy Faye yet with Jessica Chastain, but, like, Mm -hmm. she has, like, all those face prosthetics and stuff, and it, like, looks so freaky to me. And Mm -hmm. this, it's, like, it's, like, all the makeup, which, like, is really impressive to me. Yeah, it looks good. The weekend, and by the weekend I mean like the singer, the weekend has an HBO series uh, that just got greenlit, and it's going to have Troy Sivan, which I'm very excited about. The premise is revolves around the music industry, and like has like a self help guru and like a leader of a modern day cult. Um, but has a complicated relationship with an up and coming pop idol. Um, yeah, it also has Lily Rose Depp and some other people. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, that's super intriguing. Did you say, did you, where did you say that was? HBO? HBO, yeah. I just feel like I can always trust HBO. I know, same. Did you hear, I, I, this is news I really don't like, and it's that Discovery Plus ordered a two-part documentary on Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, like their relationship, and why? I just don't. I just feel very gross about that situation, and like it's still going on, and it just seems like strange to do a documentary about that. Yeah, I feel like we should have learned from the Britney Spears stuff that like let's cool, let's cool it on the documentaries on like. Things that are still happening and, like, people who are still alive and, like, working in that the same industry. Like, mm-hmm. it's one thing if they're, like, older and, like, retired or something. But, like, that's weird. I don't like that. Yeah. And, like, I mean, judging it before it actually comes out. But it doesn't, to me, it doesn't seem like the kind of story where there's, like, broader lessons that we can all... It To me, it seems so, like it's a very specific story you know like i just don't understand the the appeal of that and so i just find it very strange you said that's discovery plus mm-hmm. which like and an wah, interesting wah. place for that to be <laughs> yeah yeah we don't really get a lot of discovery plus news very often yeah so yeah it just seems kind of dark in every possible way um my last piece of news i feel like i'm always talking about um 
who's going to be on SNL, but it's another one of my favorite people. Charlie XCX is going to be a performer on the December 18th episode with Paul Rudd as the host. And I'm just very excited for Charlie. So proud of her. She's going to do amazing. Yeah, that'll be so fun. My very last piece of news is that um, Netflix dropped the trailer for Emily in Paris season two, which is premiering on December 22nd. Merry Christmas to us all. <laughs> I'll have to watch that. I did not see that one. I, I'm i getting distracted by it because it's like auto playing in my Twitter bookmarks. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching it on mute. <laughs> Looks colorful. <laughs> I mean, that's why everyone watches it, right? Anyway, it looks good. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I was, honestly, I, I respect Netflix and everyone involved in Emily and Paris, like, kind of leaning in. Be like, we don't care if you hate it. You're watching it. Yeah, I I completely agree. Like, even it's like they know what they are. Yes. And self-awareness goes a long way. I, um, I agree. I, like, even the tweet and that I was looking at, it's like, she's back for a more. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is, it's funny. That's funny. So. Well, and I think this will go in, um, this will go into our morning show discussions, but I don't, I just don't think that every single show needs to, like, tackle every single hot political item like it just doesn't I don't think it's necessary um and there are shows that can just be shows that are just for fun mm-hmm. wow that really oh, I, I mean we'll get into it but that I just feel like what could have been with the morning show you know what could have what been? could have been they flew too close um, to the sun <laughs> <laughs> they woke they they got they woke boss too hard. <laughs> gate they gate kept too too fast. They they danced like no one was watching. It, but every and but no we one all were. I guess we all kind of were. <laughs> this is spiraling. That's true. We I should, actually don't know. We should you help me move on. I'm spiraling now. Gate <laughs> okay, top three. Um. So, as I mentioned, we're talking two shows that uh, had rolled out their second seasons, and one of which, (laughs) it might be obvious now, but one of which struggled. The season two was a bit of a struggle, and the other one, the season two was beautifully done and amazing, and so these Mm -hmm. are our top three um, shows that had maybe started off a little rocky, but uh, by the second season or even seasons later got really good. And like their season two was like a stunner. Okay, Jordan, what is your number three show? Um, well, I'm starting this off maybe a little weirdly because this one, I don't think that like season one is still, is still good, but season two is like, universally beloved and maybe is flawless and Mm -hmm. like shook the world and that's Fleabag (laughs) season two of Fleabag great answer season one of Fleabag I think was like more niche um 
And it was still amazing. Like, it's still very good. But season two, it's like, it was bringing everyone together. (laughs) Everyone felt all the emotions together. It was, it is truly, like, a work of art. Yeah, I I thought of Fleabag too. They were like one of my bonuses. And it's true. I feel like it's actually surprising. I would say that all the ones I thought of are actually some of my all-time favorite shows. Whoa. That's And cool. that's one of them because like I think like when I'm re-watching Fleabag, I watch season one to like get me in the mood to watch season two. Like it mm-hmm. just like is the perfect like prep work, but the whole time I'm just like aching for the priest. You're sorry, but it's true. <laughs> you're it really is. It's like you're watching season one to get to season two. Yes. It's kind of like Billie Eilish's song, Happier Than Ever, mm, where wow. I personally think that you should listen to the regular full song and not like the edit song because I think that listening to the beginning build up part is very important to appreciate the second part of the song. Wow, that's the perfect comparison. Thank you. Amazing. And that is, yeah, that's a really, really good point. And it's like, I like, um, they didn't, it's not like some shows like kind of need to change things up to like make up for a bad season one. And that's not what they needed to do. But I like how Mm -hmm. different season two is from season one. Yeah, agree. It's just great answer. Thank you. Okay, my number three, I said Ozark. All of these, all of the shows that I chose are shows that, like, I honestly probably would have fallen off, slash, did, like, attempt to watch these shows, like, a few times and could never get into them. But then once I finally had, like, the dedication and enough people, like, yelling at me, I finally did it. (laughs) So it's not necessarily that any of these shows even, like, have, again, like you were just saying, like, bad first seasons. They would just, like, didn't keep my attention, which makes sense because you're like setting the scene. But um, yeah, did I already say Ozark? Was it? Yeah, that, you that, did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was. It was just. It took me. It took me a while to get into the season, but once I hit season two, I was very into it, and I thought it was great. Love it. This is what times when peer pressure is good. You it's know? true. It's very true. Um, okay, mine is, it's not a similar show at all, but, like, similar kind of mindset where it's, like, took me a few tries, kind of wasn't really into it, and then suddenly season two really started clicking for me, and that mm-hmm. was Shit's Creek. And it's, oh, and that's it's, another great answer. Thank you. It, it's not that, because now I'll go back and rewatch it when I'm in that mood, which is, like, I've rewatched it the whole show a couple of times now, I think, and I love season one. Like, now that I have this, like, love for all the characters and kind of, like, just kind of get everything a bit more than when I first started it. But Mm -hmm. if I'm judging on, like, the first time I was watching it, season two was when I was finally, like, okay, yeah, I'm, like, finding myself, like, LOLing at the jokes and the characters are just, like, clicking really well for me. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting that I think that is, like, a universal feeling with Schitt's Creek. I feel like everyone had that and it's interesting because it's like a comedy mm-hmm. we're like I f- all of mine are like drama drama shows with like a lot of characters and a lot of like things to remember 
And so I feel like it's more rare for like a comedy to take a while to like find its footing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, universally, I feel like most people struggle in season one of Schitt's Creek. It's really interesting, especially seeing where it ended up. Like literally, it almost becomes a cliche to love Schitt's Creek. Exactly. So interesting. Um, I was, oh, oh, shoot. I was going to say something. Oh, I think too... Because actually, that's funny that you say that, because in typical you and me fashion, all of mine are more on the comedy side. (laughs) So it's very, that's interesting. And I think for me, I think especially with Schitt's Creek, so much of the humor depends on you knowing the characters. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, the way they wrote it, it is interesting that it's like, it it was a slow burn because you have to get to know them. Which Mm -hmm. is really risky to do as a comedy. That's, yeah. that's an interesting point. Hmm. Really makes you think. <laughs> so much thinking. <laughs> um, well, on that thought, uh, my number two is Game of Thrones. Ooh, good one. Like, I wouldn't say the first season is bad by any means. It's great. Um, but just, again took me a full season to get into it and I've never gone back and watch rewatched Game of Thrones I really want to but I haven't so maybe I would appreciate it more now but again just like so many characters to learn and I just felt confused until probably like episode eight that's not like the show's fault but that's just season two I was like I'm in it yeah, that one actually crossed my mind, too, because I think there was something about season two, like the way season one ends, and then suddenly all the rules get thrown out the window for season two because it's like chaos and rebellion, you know? And so it's like, I I remember thinking, I was like, oh, now it's about to get fun. Like, mm-hmm. things are like weird. The characters are reeling and trying to figure this out and all this stuff. And so like... Yeah, season one, obviously good, but I thought it yes. got much more, um, like, there were, there were more, like, they kind of threw politeness out the window, and it was all, like, political uh, ruthlessness, and you kind of get, like, I felt like I you got to see more Lannister family drama in season two, like, political family drama. It's almost like mm-hmm. it became, like, that's why Succession is so good. It's, like, Roy slash Lannister nonsense and Mm -hmm. so yeah i totally agree with you yeah and i i keep thinking about this um one time john mayer was on a podcast with bj novak and they were talking about um i can't remember what the podcast is called but it's like where they debate like really mundane things and one of the things (laughs) was like is it better to what's better planning a trip or actually being on the trip and they were talking about like how some people really enjoy like the planning of a trip so much that like they don't actually enjoy it going on the trip and other people and like me thinking about this and like I think my problem is that I prefer being on the trip which is like season two you're finally on the trip <laughs> season one is all the planning and like you have to do a lot of brain power to like figure out who's who and make family mm-hmm. trees and like look at a map and see where people live 
Wow. That's another weird analogy. No, but... another brilliant analogy. Especially, <laughs> especially, I was interested to see what you preferred because you also are always the planner. And so I think that's good, though, to be good at planning, but it's not like you're planning to plan. You actually want to do all the things you're planning, you know? Mm-hmm. But also, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's what I why I get frustrated in season in first seasons of shows because I'm not the one planning it. It's someone else is planning it. Oh my and gosh. I'm frustrating I'm frustrated with myself that I don't understand and know everybody and like who what they are and who they are and like have it all memorized. Wow. Hmm. Is this like a therapy session suddenly? I guess so. <laughs> Wow. That's some I just that's... think that's some really good insight both into yourself and into TV. Cuz I think that's the thing. I think it's really that's why it's so impressive when a show has an amazing first season that feels really like lived in already. Like I remember us mm-hmm. talking for example, best one of the best first seasons ever was High Fidelity because all the characters were very um well-rounded and mm-hmm. well uh what's the word I'm looking for? Just like you could very um they're just really strong defined characters and the situations made sense and the sense of humor made sense like they didn't waste time needing to set everything up because it was just all so well made which thank goodness they didn't since we never even got to have a second season seriously well it makes me think when i was scrolling through shows i was like look at all these shows i love that were only one season like freaks and geeks i would say the same thing Mm -hmm. so it's like were they what did they curse themselves by having such a good first season? <laughs> like it's just interesting. Wow. Really goes there. I don't even feel bad about getting into these things because our podcast is literally for people in a relationship with TV. So like mm-hmm. we're just analyzing our own relationships with TV. That's what we're here to do. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying this these ideas right now. Me too. So I'm glad we're having fun. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> Don't tell us if you aren't. <laughs> um. Okay. What's your number one? My number one is what I I think of as like the just the poster child of this idea, and that's Parks and Rec. Mm. Because and honestly, I need to go back. I can't remember the last time I watched season one of Parks and Rec. I remember watching it when it was on. Because it's advertised as like, oh, like, if you love The Office, you'll love Parks and Rec, you know? And I did Mm -hmm. love The Office, so I was like, well, I'll watch it. And it was just like, I don't remember laughing very much. And I was like, this is kind of sad. Like, everyone (laughs) hates her. And she's weird. And, like, it's depressing. Um, And then I – and I just kind of never picked it up. And then – but I kept hearing, like, oh, season two, season two, Parks and Rec, it's so good and so funny. It gets so good. And I think I didn't start watching – go back and watch season two until, like, season three was out. And it seriously, it's so good. I I love the shifts they made and you can tell they like the characters aren't like wildly different than how they are in season one or anything, but it's just like they shift it so like um Leslie Nope is actually really like she's not embarrassing. She has like all she's very, very unique and quirky, but like she's really good at her job and like it's not pathetic that she takes it so seriously you know it's like inspiring Mm -hmm. even though everyone around her doesn't like it just really started to work and like season two and then and then into season three too it's like it's just so good 
Um, it's funny because I was trying to think of shows that I like watched the first season and then never finished it because I wasn't into it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any examples of those. So I'm glad that you did because um, it you had the it takes a lot of dedication to go back get back into a show that you like abandoned Mm -hmm. so but clearly it's worth it sometimes yeah parks and rec yeah i just i need to almost remember that more often if i'm if i'm here if i'm not hearing good things after season one that's one thing but if i am and i'm like well i i didn't like season one so i'm not gonna pick it back up it's like i should have a little Mm -hmm. more faith i binge that so fast i don't even remember what what was what when it comes to parks and rec so well and it might be like a Shit's creek situation where it's like i go back and watch season one and i'm like what was i thinking this actually was like really funny and cute mm-hmm. you know now that you know everyone you can appreciate them mm-hmm. well my number one is another classic show that just took me literally i think i started watching it like literally i think five times whoa but it is the crown. I oh, the first season really is so slow that I just like I'm not I was not used to that. And um I do think that they do a better job in season 2 of um pacing. So like I do think it was like not just a me thing, but another thing where I'm just really glad I stuck with it because I think it was very worth it because season 2 is great and i tell everyone please watch the crown and make sure you watch part of get to season two and keep going (laughs) wow i mean this is actually it's good for me because i have not seen two out of your top three i know that's really interesting very interesting it is i'm very intimidated by shows that i hear how slow they are I have a very I know shortage. I just it's like this podcast is good for me because all I want to do is watch fun things. And if we didn't have the podcast, it's like how I would never ever have watched Made because Made was not fun, but it was so good. Mm-hmm. So I need to I need to pick up all these um good dramas and make make myself do hard things. <laughs> not everything gets to be fun all the time (laughs) we do work around here it's work work hard play Um, hard (laughs) that's what I always say (laughs) all right well uh let's talk about the morning show uh season two it picks up right where it left off I think Right? No, it doesn't. It actually doesn't. It picks up oh. like months later. Mm-hmm. Which um one one little I, I really don't want to be too long winded and nitpicky about my critiques of season two. But it is interesting how many things happen off screen that people are just mm-hmm. like, Remember we talked about this? And I was like, No, I don't remember this. And I <laughs> don't think it's because I just don't remember because there was a very long recap of season one that was very helpful for me yeah I agree I felt like there was a lot of things that I was like huh I felt confused about 40% of the time yeah um but I think 
I mean, I'll let Jordan speak for herself, but I think we're in agreement here. I was really into it at the beginning and I was into it probably up until like the second to last episode. And then I just like started thinking about it more and I was like, wait a second. I, I don't know about this. And then the finale of season two, I was just like, hmm, no. <laughs> yeah, I would say the same. And I was, I was, I was hesitant to watch season two or like I was going in I was hesitant because season one had a lot of highs and lows but it ended strong so Mm -hmm. I was like we really liked the ending of season one yeah it's actually almost the exact opposite of what you just said it's like the last few episodes were good and really like I would I would almost I would say powerful (laughs) which is really (laughs) feels really strange to say about this show but I thought they ended really strong and it was like really high emotional beats but um oh wait I don't want to get to the butt yet first I will say yeah I agree I was I was pleasantly surprised I felt like the first half of this season two was good and Mm -hmm. I felt like it was like the pacing was good things were moving I was like following what's happening with different characters um and I feel like it was a lot of like the logistics of the morning show production Mm -hmm. um like we saw a lot of like the producers working with the executives and like like kind of that power clash, which I think is interesting. Um, so yeah, I was on board, and then I'm with you. I it really really lost me by the end. I was just like, this is getting ridiculous. But it felt like the show thought it was being really good and like <laughs> powerful and realistic and stuff. And I was just like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I think my biggest worry going into this was that I knew that they were going to be covering COVID and that honestly, I think they did a pretty good job covering that and like that didn't bother me at all. Um, It was more so the continuation of Mitch's storyline, aka Steve Carell. Um, He's still in it so much in his storyline is just like very confusing to me as to like why we had to see a lot of it. I think that it still could have been, um, there's a lot of things that came out of Mitch's story that I think could have still been used, but we didn't have to actually see it. I think there's Mm -hmm. other stuff I would have rather seen. Yeah. I think especially it's like later I was surprised, um, how like he gets like, a full episode towards the end. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm really surprised they chose to do this. And it was just, yeah, it was just too much. And I, it's obviously, like, I think we all get what they're trying to, they're, like, trying to say how complicated cancel culture is. And, like, I don't think that, I think that's, like, a worthwhile topic to explore. But I actually, the more I think about it, I just wish, like, they, we were already kind of covering that outside of Mitch's character, like, with the weatherman and how he, like, kind of kept putting his foot in his mouth with, like, insensitive comments, you know, mm-hmm. and cultural pre- mm-hmm. appropriation. And I feel like his thing where it's, like, he was not intentionally doing that, and so he kept getting so frustrated. So I, I was like, this is actually realistic, because it's, like, he's upset that like that people think he's being racist even though he's really not trying to do that you know and i was like this is actually a really realistic way that like everyday people 
worry about this kinds of stuff and get frustrated, you know? And so it's like that. I, mm-hmm. I don't mind seeing that kind of play out. But like Mitch, we like have confirmation that his character is like, he did very horrific things. And so it's like, I just didn't really need to devote so much time to trying to prove that he's like a a good person. And like, I didn't really need to see a redemption arc from him. I I kind of liked the smaller scale examples of cancel culture personally. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't even think we really did see a redemption arc from him, which is why I felt like extra confused because I was like, mm-hmm. wait, is this him being a good person? Like I'm, this to to me, this just seems like a boring person that I'm kind of confused <laughs> as to like what the points are <laughs> that are being yeah, made. That's that like, is so maybe true. Maybe he has this like fun relationship with this one person, but like Ugh. other than that, I'm still not seeing it. So it was well. I think I think that's the thing too. It's like I yeah I couldn't. It was hard to get a read on what the show thought about this character they created. You know. Yeah. It was just messy. And um I yeah, I don't know. I would just say that's that's all I have that's all that I have to say anymore is about it. It was messy. <laughs> it was a <laughs> I mess. think that's a, a great final word. Um I'd have to laugh because I'm looking at my notes right now of the sh- that I took while watching the show and I only took two notes, one of which is it's insane how many people are sleeping with their blinds open. Literally, everybody's <gasps> blinds were open, and like it was like in the middle of Vegas with like so many lights and like f- flashing outside the window. There's no way you would ever keep your blinds open. That is hilarious. It drove That's me such nuts. a good point. I do. It. I feel like there were things, little, just little things like that, that all added up to being like. Do the people who are making this show like know what real people are like? Because <laughs> sometimes it really didn't. It didn't seem like they knew. Just little things yeah. like that. I don't know. Will I watch season three? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like. I feel like I will be too curious. If there is a season three. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm intrigued. I would definitely. Um, I I'm really intrigued to see what the like a trailer would be like. Where are they gonna go? Mm-hmm. And something that I know we talked about what what I want out of this show is I want behind the scenes of a morning show. That's all I want. And they I agree. Ca- sometimes they give that to you, but other times they they think you need to know like they I about like the inner workings of like the every single thought a character has. And I'm like, actually, no, I kind of just, I don't even really want to leave the studio. I want to see the Please. show. Please don't make us go to Bradley's house ever again. Ugh. I think that the news aspect is the most interesting and where it is its strongest. So, mm-hmm. Well, because I think, I mean, I actually like the cast is, that's the interesting thing. The cast is so good. Like, I love Jennifer Aniston. I love Reese Witherspoon. But my favorite characters were definitely um, the two producers. Like, um, I couldn't tell you their character names, but the two women that were yes, in charge. I agree. They were great. Um, Mia Jordan. Mm-hmm. Mia Jordan's yeah. character, played by Karen Pittman. Amazing. I really liked her. I thought she was so good. I loved every scene she was in. 
She was amazing. Um, and I want to shout out Greta Lee, who played Stella, who's like yeah, the younger producer, who I think what I know her best from was um, Russian Doll. She's the one who says, hey, birthday baby, <laughs> <laughs> every day. <laughs> um, and something that I learned is that actually she was um, the manicurist in Sisters. Do you remember that? Yes. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this girl needs to be really famous because she's funny. Um, but yeah, those two honestly made the show worth watching. Even even in the last few episodes, they were really good. I really enjoyed them. Yeah, I agree. And they were often like frustrated about the same things I was frustrated about. So it was kind of like cathartic to see them like yelling at people. <laughs> So I'd be like, yeah, I, you, they deserve to be yelled at right now. Billy Crudup has truly lost his mind. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I guess, I mean, it's kind of some of the things you're just like, I can't believe that this is the script. Like, this is the plot they're going with. But it's kind of like part of the fun. Like a, It's like darkly fun to watch it just be like such a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not mad I watched it. And I really was having a lot of fun. I I watched it so fast. I think I watched it in like two and a half days. Like Oh wow. I really binged it. So mm-hmm. I binged it for what it is. The first half I did watch really quickly. And I remember thinking, wow, I watched the first season very slowly. Like it was kind of a slog to get through the first season. So yeah, the first half, I agree with that. All right. On to the season two that we did enjoy (laughs) um the great i remember i think both of us felt this way about season one correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like both of us liked it but we were kind of like hmm like a little confused on how we felt about it because it felt a little boring but it also was still fun at times would you agree is that how we felt yes i would is that how you felt (laughs) um yeah I felt that I felt that way for sure yeah so I was I was very excited because I I was hoping that they would be able to like lean in more to the fun in season two and that's exactly what happened I felt like almost every single line or scene was funny and um all the characters were just like a blast and I loved every single scene with Elle and Nicholas Holt and they just have such great chemistry and I just I really loved it I had a lot of fun and I felt like I loved it even more when I like wasn't on my phone and was like paying attention and holding on to every single last word yeah I totally agree it it really was I think it's like what you just said. The first season, to me, wasn't consistent. And it really just left you feeling like, What's, what am I supposed to be feeling? Like, what is the tone here? And this season was so good. Like, there's still, like, it did throw in, like, serious moments and, like, emotional moments. But it all, it just worked so well together um, with, like, the primary goal being the comedy. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I also was thinking, too, I think the first season was trying to throw in a lot of, like, shock moments. And I feel like this this season really mastered, 
like and it would be confusing because it'd be kind of like there'd be like a melodramatic moment and then like something really gross and shocking and you'd be like wait what like (laughs) what is happening and this season I felt like it just all felt natural and it was just really fun and um I really really enjoyed like you said the chemistry between the two of them like the sexual tension was very well used mm-hmm. and it was just like really, really fun to watch. And um, yeah, I, I loved it. And I was really happy because I was a little nervous because I didn't like season one very much. Yeah. Um, another thing that I really enjoyed and thought that they did a really good job of, which you briefly touched on um, was just that not only was it fun, but like, they're also kind of like teaching you a lesson without like I honestly like wasn't thinking about it at all until I think it was like the second to last episode um Nicholas Holt's aunt aka Aunt Elizabeth is talking and she shared a quote and I wrote it down because I loved it so much because she said that's where uh the human being lives in the how and the why not the should and I feel like they do a really good job of like talking about like humans and how they're extremely flawed and there's st- that you can still love people and like um be with people and like have people in your life even though they have these flaws and some people might see them as like fatal but it just depends on where your like boundaries lie I guess and you kind of have to figure that out and I think that this show did such a did a much better job at like showing that and like the flawed human being than the morning show. It was like very interesting that I like that they were both actually trying to tell the same story, but one did it so much better Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have expected it to be the great. Yeah. I think that's so genius because genuinely like you start out season two of the great hating Peter Nicholas Holt's character because, like, he's annoying, he's stupid, he's, like, just, like, a bad dude. Like, he just sucks. Mm-hmm. But, like, he genuinely, like, he just grows on you so much and legitimately is trying to, like, be nicer and, like, prove that he, like, actually is a good, like, basically husband material. Like, and it, it just was so good and convincing that it was so impressive. And, um... Yeah, Steve Carell's character, where they're trying to show that he has redeeming qualities, is just like his path, quote unquote, of like his like journey is just like a straight line. Like he doesn't do anything. He's just he's just like sad and moping around. And that's like it's just not it was not an enjoyable process to watch. But the great it really was a very enjoyable process. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. I'm just reading over some of my other notes on this show. Um, One is that I really loved the uh, storyline of Peter's body double. I thought that that was hilarious. And that guy looked like him, like Nicholas Holt so much. It was crazy. It was him. I had to to look it up. It was actually him? But it literally was him. Wait, I looked it up and I saw that it was someone else. No, it was him. And I had to look it up because I was like, that they just who's that guy but in it it says he plays in imdb it says peter slash pugachev <laughs> and that's the guy's name 
what? Isn't that so wild? But he had like different teeth and like they did it they did a really good job. Okay, that is crazy. And there's this interview on like Entertainment Tonight's website that um let me find it. He's like Holt Holt also has the task of playing one of the emperor's many lookalikes, Pugachev. Um and it's he's part of a season long joke of Peter sending out lookalikes as decoys to be hunted down by Catherine's army. Um and it's it's because it really makes you do a double take of like, how did they do that? Is that actually him? Because for me, I was like, I feel like Nicholas Holt has like pretty distinct teeth or something. And this guy, like they gave him completely different mm-hmm. teeth for starters. And it says that um, Holt says of the makeup team or whoa, Holt says the makeup team was treading a really fine line with it because they had to transform me in a way that was enough removed but still close enough to appear that they could be confused for each other. It's, uh, he, it says that he spent way longer getting ready for as Pugachev thanks to fake teeth, stubble on cheeks, uncombed hair, reshaped eyebrows, and adding red to his earlobes, which is really weird. What? <laughs> oh, that was... Wow, this is so crazy because it's just amazing. They did a great job because mm-hmm. it really was like, wait, what? Yeah, but it really was like there was enough difference that I was like convinced like they literally just found someone that was like really looked like him and maybe they altered that guy to look more like him. Mm-hmm. But it was the other way around. When it was so brilliant because like I felt like Pugachev the double like didn't have a ton of lines, but he had enough mm-hmm. that like Nicholas Holt when he's acting as Peter is very distinctly Peter because he has like a very specific way of talking and like he's. I mean, he gets smarter as the end of the se- as the season goes by, but he's like kind of stupid and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when he's Pugachev, he's talking kind of more like a normal person. And so you're like, mm-hmm. so just I I'm just obsessed with shows when actors have to play different characters and stuff because it really shows yeah, how good that. they are. It's very funny. Wow, brilliant! Love it even more. Seriously, I mean that's how you know it's good. It tricks Seriously. You. Yeah. Because it wouldn't be fun if it was really obvious. No, it's true. It wouldn't have been. This was one of the few times that I I literally didn't take a single note. I was just, like, enjoying myself. On the morning show, I have several notes. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, we can just compare that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like I there wasn't even much for me to even be nitpicky about. The only thing, maybe the only complaint I have is that we didn't get enough Jillian Anderson because she comes in mm-hmm. very late into the season as um Catherine's mom and she was like so evil but so funny and entertaining and seeing the characters reacting to her was really funny too um and they did a great job of like showing a complicated mother-daughter relationship in mm-hmm. such a short amount of time totally it really did explain like so much about Catherine and that was really fun Mm-hmm. It was good. It was a very good season. Yeah, we got to see a totally different side to Catherine, mm-hmm. which I loved. Yeah. Because it's true, she's a child. And so, like, getting to see her, like, act like a child, which is something that Jordan and I have kind of been talking about uh, recently, is, like, when you go home for the holidays, turning into, like, that child version of yourself, because you're, like, sleeping in your old bedroom and, like, 
hanging out with the family. You like turn into like your teenager self and like how to not do that. And it's, it was really funny to me because that's exactly what happened on, on this show when her mom comes into town. She's like this empress that turns into this like child who's with child. And it was just really good. Yeah, it was very, very entertaining. Loved it. I loved it. So if you were iffy on season one, get back into it. It is interesting because I feel like I feel like most people really loved season one. It's I feel true. Like, I feel like we were in the minority there. But so I bet there's going to be a lot of people that are really happy with season two. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My friend, she was telling me she was like the... There are parts of the season that I liked more than the first, which I think it, like there were way more parts that were enjoyable. Like there were so many enjoyable parts in the, the season that like we're in season one. I think it like stood out like I liked this part in this part. We're in season two is just like I liked all of it because mm-hmm. there weren't any parts where I would say like I disliked this part. Yeah. And just like they're hour long episodes, which like it's hard I, it's it's impressive when shows make hour-long episodes fly by and fun mm-hmm. because it can be really hard. And that I think I struggled with that for sure. That was part of a struggle in season one was that the episodes felt very long. And these yeah. ones, they were just kind of flying by. I had no trouble binging it. It was very fun and exciting. And honestly, like, even from the get-go, it was going in different directions than I expected because... I'm not that familiar with, like, the actual history of Catherine the Great, but, like, I didn't expect her to, like, take control so fast. Like, (laughs) I wondered if maybe this whole series would be kind of building up to her getting control. Mm -hmm. And so seeing that go down was, like, I was like, oh, well, we're already, like, off from my predictions, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was fun. And I also uh love the intro and like the how it changes every episode and the music yes. that they play at the ends of the episodes are so good and spot mm-hmm. on amazing so props to whoever chooses the music because i think it was the first episode started playing um one of my favorite songs um by perfume genius and it was just like so perfect they kept it up with every episode. I feel like every episode closed with a great song. A great song. But it, you're you're spot on. Because also it's like, I liked that it, they saved it for the credits too. Instead of like having mm-hmm. it be, not that that would be bad. Because like, it works great in like Marie Antoinette to have like modern songs in the, with the historical setting. But I just kind of mm-hmm. liked how they saved it for the credits in the show. Yeah, because, like, there are other shows that already kind of do that. Like, we've got yeah. like, Dickinson and, like, what's another show? I feel like there's another main Oh, Handmaid's Tale kind of does that, too. And it's just, like, now it's, like, that's not that different. But the way that they do it on this one, it's just, like, oh. It takes you, like, you just, like, it takes you right out and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, like, it, even though they do it, they did it every episode, it was unexpected. Because I'd spent mm-hmm. a whole episode listening to non-music like that. So it was fun. Yeah. All right. Who's your crush of the week? Hmm. You know, it's actually hard because there's a lot of... I've There's other crushes just floating around of all the other stuff I've been watching, too. <laughs> but especially after this discussion, I just have to go with Nicholas Holt. He was so good this season. 
and he was so like hot but also like cute and like Mm -hmm. sometimes like his i just feel like they stepped up hit the sense the peter senses of humor kind of things like he was so dumb but also so funny and i was just shocked that i legitimately wanted them to be together because like that is not i did not expect to feel that way at all Mm-hmm. me too i was shocked too they did a great job at surprising me and he's so cute um, well, I was going to choose him, but I'm going to choose someone else just for the fun of it to also Yay. talk about this other random show. Um, but I know Jordan and I both watched King Richard over the Thanksgiving break. And uh, so my crush comes from that, which is streaming on HBO Max. Tony Goldwyn. I mm-hmm. love him. And he, he looked so hot in like his short shorts. Yeah. in the hair. The hair. It was. Well, yeah, he looked good. He looked, he looked really dreamy. good. I mean, yeah. I've always thought he was hot, but I was like excited that he was like extra hot in that. He's. Well, and he's someone because I didn't get so into Scandal that he never. I did never really maybe get it. But in this, I was like, mm, that is. That's a handsome man right there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, you Dilf, get it. Dilf City right there. <laughs> Dilf um, City. <laughs> um well i have a bonus crush from, from another extracurricular then i feel like we Let's since we haven't it. done we haven't done it for two weeks so we should do it bonuses if we have them right yes go for it my bonus so i haven't finished it yet but i watched part of the beatles documentary on disney plus that ever that people are watching with their families over thanksgiving break <laughs> and um First of all, it was really good. It's really interesting and really good. But I obviously haven't finished it yet, but I was really enjoying it. And I just have to say, and I was on, th- my dad also commented on Paul McCartney, young Paul McCartney in this. His hair was like so perfect. And we were all like, wow, look at his hair. It looks amazing. He was wearing like a black turtleneck and had like a mustache. And I was just like, whoa, he looks so beautiful right now i was like this is like his peak in my opinion he looked so (laughs) i just had never seen hair like it was so shiny and it was just amazing so that's my bonus crush okay good to know i like it and i can't wait to watch it i don't have any other bonuses like we covered everything that i watched for the most part unless because i can't say anyone from the janet jackson Uh, documentary on Hulu but uh, (laughs) I think that covers everything I watched and we will get into Selling Sunset next week so I'll save that good call good call so all right I think that's all we've got for you all this fine week yeah Selling Sunset next week can't wait it'll be very fun very excited Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.